One percenters, I hope you had an amazing Christmas, ate a ton of great food, and now it's time for the podcast that's going to help you work all that food back off and get your body becoming the body of your dreams. One of the most influential people in all of health and fitness joins us today, literally helping thousands of people transform their bodies and transform their lives. The work this man has done speaks volumes to the knowledge he has on how to fully optimize the human body. All right, let me ask you this. Do you want to get great sleep every night? Like optimal deep sleep, REM, wake up, feel like you're rested and ready to just punch life in the face. Do you want that? If you do, keep listening. If not, if you don't like getting good sleep and you want to feel like you're really tired and groggy every morning, just stop this right now. And here it is, Chili Pad, ChiliTechnology.com. These guys are my favorite, not just because their product is amazing, and Chili Pad actively manages the body's temperature to deliver a magical, deep sleep, great REM, makes you feeling like you've woken up just fully rested and recovered to attack the day. But the people they are, I know them well, and they are some of the best people that will care for you, make sure that you are absolutely getting the most out of every night's sleep. And think about it too. You're going to save a ton of money just because you don't have to turn the air conditioner down to 60 degrees. This chili pad or the Uller, it's going to regulate your body's temperature to sleep in the cold. Cool sleep is magical sleep. Chili pad has been featured in the Wall Street Journal. ESPN, New York Times, Forbes. I literally gift it to all my NBA players so I know they are getting the best sleep. Because there's nothing worse than waking up the next morning and feeling like, man, I can't even go through the day because I didn't get great sleep. Chili Pad has been my key, my ticket to a great night's sleep basically every single night. Best-selling author with over 500,000 copies sold of Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. The founder and CEO of Legion Athletics, one of the top supplement companies in the game. Our guest today, Mike Matthews, is changing lives and helping everyone achieve the bodies of their dreams. On this episode of the 1% Podcast, Mike and I dive into all types of topics relating to fitness, health, how someone can literally create their own blueprint for the body they have always wanted. Proven time and time again, Mike has that blueprint. We go in-depth on how to optimize the top athletes in the world, NBA players, the diet and workout plan you should be doing, a surefire way how to become motivated when you don't feel like getting out of bed, why CBD, collagen, and all the hot things at the moment are probably complete nonsense and much, much more. One percenters, let's work off all that Christmas food. Let's get ready. You are in for a treat. So buckle up, because here we go. You transforming bodies and transforming lives, I've literally been following your Instagram, stalking you, and it's amazing. Like, I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. Like how do, you, how do you even start the approach of customization because that's what I think is so key to what you do what separates you from everybody else but is so so needed that people really have no idea about like how do you even just I know it's kind of a broad question but how do you go about grasping that like all right this guy is going to need this to get to this and so on well one I'll say my my Instagram is certainly not all that outstanding but I would say 
it's uh, it's because as we were just talking about this before we started that I I don't I don't particularly like social media and it's not a great place <laughs> to put a bunch of time and effort into for a number of reasons but it is a good place for me to repurpose a lot of the educational stuff that I create and that's really what I've made the focus of my Instagram is much more about yeah just helping people understand how to better, how to get into better shape and how to, how to improve their health and make it mostly about that and, and not so much about me or, or my physique or my businesses or, or anything like that. Although I do show a little bit of like, okay, I'm a fit guy because I need to show that I walk the walk. Um, but to your question, Fortunately, I know who my target market is, and that's primarily, you'd say, like the gen fit crowd or gen pop crowd. So these are every day. These are normal people who just want to get into shape. They have three to six hours a week to be in the gym and they're willing to change the way they eat, but it needs to be sustainable. They're not they're not going to going to follow some highly restrictive, severe, extreme form of dieting for any long period because it's just not worth it. And so for, for those people, there, there, is a, there is customization that needs to occur to some degree. But what I've found is that if I can teach them the fundamentals nice. of how, if you want to look on the, on the dietary side of things, so how does our metabolism really work? What happens when we eat these different types of foods? What is calories in and calories out, energy balance? Why does that matter? Uh, protein, carbohydrate, fat, what are these things? How do they work in the body? Why should we pay attention to them? And on the training side of things, as mostly the goals revolve around improving body composition, that means that we're talking about gaining muscle, losing fat. So what are the fundamentals? What are the, 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 the big levers and buttons that you can pull and push to make those things happen? What's the 20% that gives you the 80% type of approach? And so if I, if I teach people those things and then teach them how to use those things to create meal plans that work for them and create training plans that work for them. And of course, I also I provide a lot in the way of examples and just pre-made stuff that basically says it's you could say it's, oh, it's quote unquote cookie cutter, but not so much in that it's, it is very specific to, OK, if this is you. This is a good starting point. It doesn't mean that you don't, you're not going to change things at all. Or you're not going to find that you actually don't really like eating certain certain types of foods or you don't like eating five meals a day. You'd rather eat three meals a day or vice versa. You learn things in, in time and you just adjust. And then that's that's where it really becomes your own. And that's where your diet really becomes your diet and your training really becomes your training. And the same process goes for, I'd say, more specialty needs. Like if we're talking about athletes, mm -hmm. if we're, uh, or I mean, I, I separate. When I say athletes, I, I don't necessarily think of bodybuilders because I don't really think of bodybuilding as a sport. I think of it as a as a an act, a hobby yeah. <laughs> or an activity. Maybe <laughs> it's certain. It's certainly not a sport in the, in the way that basketball is like, look at what's really required of a basketball player in terms of athleticism versus bodybuilding. Anyway, but, uh, so, so take bodybuilders or take, or take, or take basketball players or, or anybody who is really trying to get uh, the most out of their, out of their body. In terms of if in a bodybuilder, it's it's muscularity, and then it's really just body composition. In terms of, of athletes, 
playing proper sports. It's it's revolves around performance. For sure. It, they still it still starts at the fundamentals. And what's kind of interesting is what I've seen is, and I've seen this with a number of high level athletes where they'll be working with coaches or trainers that have have either not discussed the fundamentals at all or have strayed so far from them that they would be better served like vastly simplifying a lot of what they're doing and you know I'm, we're uh, we're working with a pga golfer right now nice. and in getting a better sense of what goes on there and there are some some uh, there, there's i forget the name of the group there are some some people out there that are doing some pretty cool things in terms of uh training specifically like adding adding a a nice touch to to the resistance training to make it as applicable to to golf as possible but what i'll see a lot of is uh, stuff that is not nearly as effective like a lot of bosu ball things and <laughs> uh balancing balancing exercises and very light weights and tons and tons of reps of like <laughs> axe chops as if that but no no squatting or or, or at least some sort of uh, viable alternative maybe a leg press or i mean there are different things you can do if you don't want to barbell squat for whatever reason but but no like basic fundamentals improving strength and and a number of these guys who are getting trained are also not muscular strong people like they're 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 small and they're they're weak like they'd be much better served their golf would be much better served just getting stronger and 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 then if you're at a certain level of of baseline strength it might make sense to get a little bit fancier in your programming and say okay we're not trying to be a power lifter here or a bodybuilder so we're, we, we don't want to push this too far because then it, be, it becomes actually counterproductive to the sport for a number of reasons so how do we maintain that strength and then supplement it with things that are going to further improve your performance without getting in the way and so even even in those specialized cases i, I still we've always started it's, it's not just me but i have a number of other people who work with me i mean particularly with our more specialized clients that starting with the fundamentals and we still find that the fundamentals pr produce the majority of the results even in those cases no doubt man that's such a great answer and a foundation the fundamentals to build on for everybody a lot of people want to like it's like a house you want to put in the nice interior home decorating and all that kind of stuff but you absolutely have to have the fundamentals and it applies so much to high-level athletes, it applies to everybody as well. The same with functionality. I'll see it a lot with NBA players training in some kind of weird way that has no application to their on-court performance, and it's it just it, it literally all starts there. As simple as it might sound, it all st starts there. And you're an absolute expert in this field, man. An expert in building bodies and building performance. And um, with your book, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, which is which is, um, has just been a revolutionary book in the industry. And I think you've, what, have you rewritten it three times now? Is that what it is? Yeah. And, and there have been a number of, of kind of mini rewrites in between because I've, I've done in between the second and third edition, there were, I think one or two rounds of updates as well. It just, the, the, from that jump into the third edition, that was, the, that was a lot of changes. There was enough where I was like, okay, this really should be a yeah. third edition, not a, a slightly better second edition, you know? Dude. But what I love about that is you're always learning. You're always constantly growing. You could have just stuck with the first one, but like, bang, here it is. This is what you got to do. 
but you're continuing to grow and learn. So as you are, and I love to pick the brains of the smartest people in the industry, and I definitely think that you are that, what have you seen, like what have some been some big learning things that you have got since you wrote the book to where you are now in this third edition? Yeah, that's a good question. And and just quickly to comment on something that you mentioned earlier is, is the point of, of mobility or, or, or having a functional body. And that's also something that I actually should have mentioned. I agree that that is one of the fundamentals. And that's something that we help people with in terms of just creating simple mobility routines. And it's something I had, I learned firsthand. Uh, I'm 35 now, but I've noticed that uh, over the last six years, I started doing, I started to get serious about uh, what, I, what I settled into is I have a little routine I go through every day of, of mostly yoga poses, actually. And I find that they address the the tendencies that, that I have that, well, it's just, just, just anatomically the way that my body's set up, uh, like my hips tend to need just, it's good to keep them stretched and to externally and internally rotate in my shoulders as well. And so that's another big point that, uh, that's something that actually kind of segues into your question. Something that I've learned is, is it's, better to be proactive with that. Fortunately, I haven't sustained any major injuries over the years, but I would have avoided some annoying shit if I would have taken the mobility <laughs> work more seriously. Like I would have, I've had some biceps tendonitis and that's pretty annoying to have and neck muscles that would get all tight and, um, an SI joint that got pissed off deadlifting and yeah. the, and, and like to that last point, for example, the, the SI joint, uh, issue was, 100% associated with the fact that I had limited internal rotation. I didn't even know that I didn't know those things were correlated that restricted internal rotation in the hip is correlated with SI joint pain until I ran into it. And then I saw there's actually quite a bit of research on it. And I was like, well, okay, that, that would have been nice to, to know that I had. A, I, so my hips were in a position where on my right side, I could uh, internally rotate properly, but my external rotation was pretty bad. And uh, I mean, pretty bad by, I guess, flexible standards. Maybe right. it's maybe normal by normal standards. But <laughs> um, and then and then on the left side, it was it was the opposite. So my internal rotation was not very good and it was uncomfortable to really get into proper internal rotation, but my external rotation was, was pretty good. And so by correcting that, I no longer have SI joint issues at all. And again, that's something that I could have though corrected some time ago if I would have known. And it really only takes only, I spend max 10 minutes a day doing my little round of stretches. And that's been enough, uh, to, to handle, handle that and issue. And, uh, as far as shoulders go, it's also something that it's, it's very simple to get them into. A lot of it is just kind of getting them into external rotation because they just tend to internally rotate from working. And even, even if I pay attention to posture and being in the gym and doing a fair amount of pressing, it's just, if, if we're going to err in one direction, it's going to have the, it's going to be the slouchy shoulders, right? For sure. Um, so, so anyways, that, that's, that's, that's one thing that I've learned, but, uh, from the, from the additions, but I'd say the, the biggest things and the biggest changes would be one, I have become a, I've gotten better at writing, which I would hope that I would have gotten better because I've <laughs> written, that would be really, I should just quit if I, if I hadn't gotten better. Like if I, if I were to look back at the first edition 
now and read it and be like, oh, that's pretty good. I should actually quit. That 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 would be very <laughs> depressing. Because yeah, no I've written, I mean, uh, dude, between the books and 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 the, I have a, probably close to a thousand long form articles. It's it's in it's, it's let's just say it's seven hundred plus over at legionathletics.com. Um, I mean, it's 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 over a million words. I don't. I, it might be shit at this point it might be close to two million words mm. written and I've, I've recorded hundreds of podcast episodes so if if all the time that went into researching for those articles and writing them didn't result in an improvement that would mean that this is clearly not not, <laughs> not, I mean, not just yeah hey just to let you know you have gotten like you're really good so i, I haven't read the ones from way 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 back in the day but whatever you're good, doing dude, now just... <laughs> keep doing it man you've gotten really good Thanks. Yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I'd say by my standards, I'm, I'm good. There are, I, I read a lot. And so I do have people whose stuff I've read and I'm actually impressed from like, if, as far as, as far as the, the writer in me is concerned, this is the, here, here's the life goal. Basically, if I can die this good of a writer, then the writer in me can die happy. Um, so, so I've gotten, I've gotten better at writing, which means that the third edition, everything is just explained better. Uh, and it's organized better because in many ways, your ability as a writer is a reflection of your ability as a thinker. It really is people who are, um, lucid thinkers and who can think in sequentially and break things down from, uh, a to, to Z and, and, and not miss pieces tend to tend to make better writers than people who have trouble with that. And so, I, I think that having written so much and done so many podcasts has has also probably improved me a bit as as a thinker, and then then that also is reflected in how I organize information. So this this third edition I think is very user friendly. It's big. It's about one hundred thirty thousand words, but I haven't seen and I still I still look at all negative reviews. I don't get that many these days, which is nice. It's also a, I didn't get that many before, but I get even fewer now. And I haven't seen, I'm trying to try, nothing, I can't think of any negative review like on Amazon where it revolved around the length of the book. I've gotten negative reviews in the audiobook that I recorded because I fucked it up and I read too slowly. <laughs> I but thought, that's, I but that's on the listener. To. They put it on 1.5. I've never I listened know. to an audiobook on one. I know, but I, 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 same way, that same way. That's why I did it. I mean, I have, I've gone through so many audiobooks over the years and I'm always speeding them up and I'm always like, these dudes talk so slowly. This that's must really be a funny. thing. This must be, <laughs> some people must like the slower talking. And then, and then, you know, I've gotten a, a number of negative reviews on talking too slowly. So I, I think I'm actually going to re-record the books, which is going to be a huge pain in the ass literally. But I, I want, to have it be me narrating them because I think it's, it creates a, a better connection between me and the listener than having somebody else do it. And I, I think my voice is fine for it. I don't have an obnoxious voice, <laughs> which would also be a reason to not do it. And so, you know, I, I'm just gonna have to like fit it in to do it. But, um, and then as far as the, the content of the book, uh, itself goes, it, it has definitely evolved the diet, the diet side of things, not so much because, 
that there's not much left to say beyond understanding energy balance, understanding macronutrient balance, understanding the importance of getting plenty of nutritious foods and understanding that supplements aren't necessary. They're supplementary by definition Mm -hmm. and some other odds and ends like meal timing doesn't really matter and pre and post workout nutrition is it's worth it if you are really trying to improve your body composition. It's worth caring about it. If you're not that fanatical about it, you don't have to worry so much about it. So a lot of that information was even in the first edition. It just got refined over the next couple editions and I removed stuff that was maybe good information, but not entirely necessary based on the feedback I'd been getting all, you know, well, it, it was about four years in between the second and third editions. And so over that time I had gathered a, a lot of feedback from people, my own ideas of how I could improve the book. And once that list got long enough is when I was like, okay, it's time to do it. But on the training side of things, the program, the fundamentals of the program ha- haven't changed in terms of the types of exercises you're doing, the types of loads that you're handling, um, how hard you're working in your workouts, um, how many hard sets you're doing per major muscle group per week. And that's why the, the first edition program still worked quite well. Many people had many, many good results and that's why the book got popular. But I just feel like this third edition is, it's just, it's just more in line with, I would say the current best practices, uh, scientifically speaking for maximizing muscle and strength gain. And a lot of that research didn't, it wasn't out yet when, when I published the first edition. So it's just a natural kind of evolution of staying on top of things and, and making notes of what shouldn't, shouldn't go in the book. Cause again, bigger, leaner, stronger is meant for people who I would say are new to proper weightlifting. And really what that comes down to is it's meant for, I mean, obviously by the title, it's it's targeted to men. I do have a book for women called Thinner, Leaner, Stronger. Uh, but uh, theoretically, if a, if a woman could read Bigger, Leaner, Stronger and do the program and do well, but what she would find is some of the extra, some of the the workouts would be very hard because take, take the bench press, for example, it's, it's common for a guy to get on the bench press for the first time and, and bench maybe like half his body weight or something for reps. And there you go. And he, and then, and then he's on his way for women. It's common for them to struggle with the bar uh, initially. And that's just because women start with a lot less muscle than men. And so for women, I like to have them start with dumbbells because sometimes you have stronger women who can start with the bar, even a little bit of weight on the bar on the bench press, but that's not very common. And the same goes for every other exercise, especially the big ones where I'm, I'm comfortable telling a guy to get underneath a barbell and squat with about 80% of his one rep max, even if he's new to weightlifting, because guys start out with enough muscle and strength to, to do that fairly easily. It's a little bit awkward at first, of course, as you lose the form, as you learn the form and then you're on your way. But many women, if you, if you ask them to start with just 70% of their one rep max, they will tell you like, wow, this feels very heavy. And again, that's because women start with less muscle and strength. And oftentimes if they have done any sort of resistance training in the past, it's not like that. It's very, very high rep, maybe even body weight. And it's mostly just about like sweating and burning calories. Um, so, so yeah, I would say just all in all, it, it's been a process of 
getting feedback from people, learning more myself, and and just kind of reflecting on the book. What's in the book? Does that need to be there? Would that be better served by something else? How can I better explain this? Uh, how can I better organize the information and how can I improve the workout programs and the, 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 how I teach people to create meal plans that became more refined over time just because nice. I got a lot of feedback from people where they would say, Hey, I'm trying to follow, you know, the, pr the procedure you put in the book for the meal plan. And I have some questions and it would, there'd be good questions. And there were things that I was like, Oh, I actually should probably address that in the book. So then they don't have to email me. I mean, I like hearing <laughs> from people, but I'd rather hear, I'd rather hear from people who are just like, Hey, I read your book. I loved it. Everything made sense. I'm on my way. I'll let you know if I have any questions. I'd rather have that email than like, I'm frustrated. I can't figure this out. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Dude, that was such a good answer. Let me try to unpack some things here as you as you led into our next question. We're going to go on in nutrition. But first of all, first off, I ordered your book yesterday. So if I don't look like you on the cover by in a month, I'm going to leave you your first bad Amazon review. So that's going to happen. No, <laughs> perfect. I'm perfect. excited, man. I'm excited to dive into it. You shoot, dude. Having over five hundred thousand copies sold—that's amazing. Like you're downplaying that, dude. That's that's I'm, I'm writing my, I just got done writing my first book and, and doing the audiobook right now so to sell over 500,000 copies yeah I think you're doing something right there and love what you talked about about mobility being the thing that you've really emphasized more um, since you first wrote that first book and and I'm really glad to hear that because I do yoga poses for about 10 minutes every morning so I know I'm on the right track but <laughs> but it's 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 the difference in like those those little injuries those little nagging injuries because health yeah. is really the greatest blessing we can have it is really our wealth and when you have a nagging little back injury after you do deadlifts it can just rock your whole day like you can have everything else going for you but if you can't stand up and move because you injured yourself because you didn't have mobility yeah, you're screwed. And yeah. and I and I ran into that with that SI joint issue exactly. a number of times where I'd just be warming up and it wasn't an injury per se. It was just a tweak where I'm like, okay, that doesn't feel good. And then I can't deadlift that day. And there were a couple of times where I couldn't deadlift for a couple of weeks. And then it was after a couple of times of that where it was just naggingly painful and the pain refers also up in the lower back. So it's just annoying. And that's when I really looked into it. I was like, all right, what is actually going on? Um, and, and that led me down the, the path of finding really where I was lacking the most mobility and just putting together a little routine to address it. Man, exactly. And, and what you, and what you do so well is, is you continue to study, you continue to learn, like we talked about as, as you're reading articles and, um, and just studying the science behind why it actually works and not just putting just fluff out there. And, and what really what really resonates that is how you have a supplement company and you just said supplements are supplements when they're needed because that is the term of them. And you have a supplement country, company. So thank you for not just selling stuff just to sell stuff, but doing it for a purpose. Yeah, man, that's uh, right. Right. That's that. That's like if you go, if you go to Legion Athletics on the homepage, there's a video of me and I'm talking about this and the problems with the supplement industry and supplements. There are no magic pills, yep. or, or there are no. Um, yeah, there just there just there just are no pills or powders that you can take that are going to make that much of a difference in any regard. Uh, whether it's body composition, performance, or health. The, the fundamentals there 
if we're talking about just kind of all in health and wellness are eating a lot of nutritious foods and exercising regularly and maintaining a healthy body composition, not being too overweight, too fat. Um, and I would say maintaining good sleep hygiene and keeping stress under control. Um, it's not that you want to avoid stress completely, but not allowing things to get completely out of control. Those are the things that matter the most in terms sure. of body composition, performance, and health. Now, if you're doing those things and you have the budget or the inclination, you can add supplements to the mix and you can have more health and you can have more performance and you can improve your body composition a bit faster but that's, that's where supplements fit in. And so if somebody doesn't have fundamentals in, then they can add supplements. And it's not that they're not going to make a difference, but you can never take somebody who has a terrible diet, for example, and then just help them supplement their way out of it. You just can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and then that, that goes like for fat loss too. There's, there are no amount of pills or powders you can take every day that are going to make you lean. No, you got to do everything right in terms of managing your calories properly and making sure that you are doing something, I mean, ideally to train your muscles so you can minimize muscle loss or if you're new to weightlifting, even gain muscle while you're losing fat. And then if you are doing those things correctly, there are a couple supplements you can add to lose fat faster, but without those, uh, without proper dieting and an exercise, it, you don't just just save your money just don't even bother yeah no doubt man and it's it's just how important the fundamentals are in every aspect in the training aspect in the nutrition aspect and as we jump in the nutrition aspect there's there's a lot of um differing beliefs on what is the best and obviously the best is going to be whatever is specifically helps you personally function at the highest level, brain capacity, energy levels, performance. But what have you seen? If you could give like your top three main nutrition points, like um, is veganism the thing? Is carnivore the thing? Like what is, what do you think is the key to, to eating, I guess, eating for your best body composition, body and mind performance and composition? Yeah, yeah, that's easy. So the first thing is getting the majority of your calories from relatively unprocessed foods that are high in nutrition. And those things usually go together. So these are the foods that our moms always told us to eat. These are the foods <laughs> that we have to make ourselves. They're not prepackaged usually. We can't just pop them in a microwave. And so specifically, for example, everybody knows that means fruit and vegetables. Fruit, some people... I'd say maybe that's controversial in some crowds or they'd say, oh, the the fructose. But no, that's 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 nonsense. That's completely untrue. Um, if if you are if you're if you are eating a bunch of added sugars, if which is like sucrose, for example, table sugar or or high fructose corn syrup that's added into foods or drinks. Yes, that can become a problem. But naturally occurring sugars are digested differently. They're processed differently. The, the sugar that is in your apple is not the same as the sugar that is added to apple juice to, to make it super sweet. Dude, great and, point. A lot of people struggle with that. That's a really good point. 
Absolutely. And Thank so, you. so a good general recommendation there is a couple, a couple servings of fruit per day. And uh, I personally shoot for, I'd say three or four servings of vegetables per day is a minimum. I personally eat about five servings a day and I, and I do optimize that a bit further. Um, because if you were to be eating nothing, but let's say one or two vegetables and let's say you do eat a few servings, but it's just one or two, that's good. And you're going to get some soluble fiber. You're going to get some nutrients. But if you want to provide your body really with the whole spectrum of nutrients it needs to function optimally and to, to be as healthy as it can be, you're going to have to eat a variety of these foods. And so uh, that's where the the rule of thumb of eating, eating what do they say, according to the rainbow or whatever, like yeah. eating right. different colored vegetables. The only, the, really the reason for that is just because that that's going to give your body a variety of different nutrients. And so a good baseline is, okay, make sure you're getting in a couple servings of leafy greens a day. That's, that's like spinach. My go-to is spinach and arugula and green lettuce, butter lettuce stuff for, for salad basically. And, and then from there eating some colorful vegetables. So for me, that's, that's peppers and fruits also fit into that, right? So colorful fruits as well, like blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, um, I eat cruciferous vegetables every day for a number of reasons. I eat broccoli these days. That's what, um, mushrooms because they also contain some some nutrients that are that are that can be hard to get otherwise. Uh, right. Garlic, garlic is is great for you. That contains a, a compound called allicin that has a number of beneficial effects that is you're not gonna you're not gonna get otherwise. And so I I. Because I'm pushing, I'd say, my body and my mind pretty, I mean, pretty intensely, maybe not as intensely as I was, at least not in the gym. I still train intensely, but I've had to back it off a little bit compared to when I was like 27, just because I've noticed that um, it takes, the workouts take a little bit more out of me now. Um, but I, I still, I still demand a lot from my body. And so my thinking is I really do want to ensure I'm, I'm, giving it as much nutrition as I, as I can, or, or trying to at least cover all my nutritional bases. And, you know, I, I take a multivitamin on top of that just because there are some, there are some vitamins that for, that are hard to get, even if you eat well, like vitamin K, for example, I don't, I don't really like kale and <laughs> it's too kale-y. So yeah, it's, it's <laughs> maybe it'd be fine if you could just like boil the kale out of it. Um, <laughs> so I, I would rather just supplement with vitamin K. Vitamin D, for example, I actually yeah. don't eat many fortified foods because I don't, I don't drink milk. I don't eat very many processed foods. And in the summer, I actually do make a point in the spring and summer, really even to the fall this year, but now it's, now it's officially too cold here in Virginia. But I make a point of getting out in the sun for probably about 15 minutes a day, but still that's not enough to, to maintain uh, optimal levels of vitamin D. So I supplement with vitamin D and the same thing goes for a, a number of other vitamins where either it's hard to get enough or research shows that taking larger amounts than you can really get from food can provide further benefits like vitamin B12 and chromium. And so, um, that's where it starts is, is with nutrition is eating a lot of nutritious foods. And then from there, I would say high protein is just better for 
everyone, almost, almost everyone, almost always. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and especially, especially for people who are physically active, who, I mean, like for athletes, for example, there, there's just no argument the, the, the weight of the Absolutely. evidence is overwhelmingly clear that, and of course it makes sense mechanically too. This is, there's no, there's no mystery as to why it's good to provide your body with an abundance of, of amino acids and particularly essential amino acids. If you're living, uh, your livelihood depends on beating your body up over and over and over that, you know, causing, causing all kinds of tissue damage that needs to be repaired. And so, um, I'd say high protein would be, would be the next big, big point. That also applies to people who aren't necessarily athletes, just everyday people wanting to get into shape. Again, if you are physically active and even if you're not a higher protein diet, research shows there's still a number of benefits for the average person. Like for example, in elderly people, if they just eat more protein than they, than most el elderly people do, they will not lose muscle as quickly. And that means that you'll have fewer falls. And, and from that, I mean, can come death, you know, exactly. you fall, you break your hip, and that can be the end, actually. And you'll have a stronger body, you'll have a stronger immune system. And so in people who are exercising, though, the benefits are just compounded uh, in terms of there are those points I just mentioned, but then there are also muscle building points. You're going to build muscle faster uh, with a high protein diet. You're going to lose fat faster with a high protein diet. You're going to recover from your workouts better. And I would say the third and final point would be eat foods that you like. It needs to be nice the diet. You have to you have to actually enjoy your diet. You have to look forward to the yep. food that you're eating. It can't be something that you just suffer through every day uh, during the week, so you can get to the weekend and then just binge out of control and uh, eat all this all the quote unquote bad foods that you've been avoiding all week. That's very unsustainable and it's just unhealthy. It's unhealthy physically. It's unhealthy psychologically. What is much healthier is is what I was just laying out is, okay, so let, let's put this into perspective. So with no individual foods off the table, like you can eat whole grains, you can eat legumes, you can eat whatever types of sources of healthy fat that you like. And the only fat I'd say you should stay away from is artificially produced trans fats. Now, you don't really find those in foods beyond like, – they're in breakfast cereals and microwavable dinner type stuff, microwavable dessert type stuff, pretty, pretty low quality foods. So if you're already following the first rule of, of getting most of your calories, let's say 80% of your calories from, from relatively unprocessed, highly nutritious foods, you're naturally going to be staying away from trans fat. But let's say you want to take that other 20% of calories and, and allot them to, to something that is just good. It's not that it's nutritious. Let's say it's just some ice cream or something. Right. Okay, cool. Have some ice cream then. Have some ice cream every day if you want to. <laughs> yeah. For me, I have I have some dark chocolate every day. I don't I'll have ice cream once or twice a week cuz I do like ice cream, but I don't really care to eat it every day. For me, 100 calories of dark chocolate uh, at night is nice. I just like it and that's that's my little treat so to speak. But otherwise, you can eat a wide variety of foods and what can that, that's, that's really, this is, this is flexible dieting as it's known, right? Yeah. Or, or, um, some people would talk about if it fits your macros, but that has kind of a different connotation. So I, I like yeah. to stick more to flexible, flexible dieting. 
And there are many more foods that you can eat and eat plenty of that, again, fit, fit that, that bill of high, highly nutritious and relatively unprocessed. And, and there are not that many foods, if we're talking about whole grains, uh, legumes, seeds, fruits, vegetables, lean protein, dairy, dairy's okay. Uh, dairy, there, are, there you, are a lot man. of myth, there are a lot of myths surrounding dairy. Yep. And so when you, when you look at all that and you go and you start thinking about, all right, what are some of the things that I like to eat that aren't just straight bad for me? <laughs> then, oh, okay. I have a lot of stuff to choose from here. And, um, and, and even the stuff that's straight bad for me is is not as many things as people would think. Like sugar, for example. Sugar is not a problem unless you eat too much of it. Then it becomes a problem. And if your diet is also shit. So yeah, if you have a shit diet and you eat too much sugar, you're going to have problems at some point along the way. But if especially if you don't exercise and you're overweight, yeah, you're asking <laughs> for, for – certainly asking for health problems. But if you do exercise – uh, let's just say it's at least a couple hours a week, which would be the bare minimum for maintaining optimal health. And you do eat a lot of nutritious foods, you eat plenty of protein, then having some sugar, even again, if it's every day, and if I, if I'm, if I had to put a number to it, I would say if you're keeping your, your added sugar intake, not so that means you're not counting the sugar in an apple or a banana or something like that. Because if we get to the kind of the, the chemistry of it, the, the carbohydrates in the green beans are similar to the carbohydrates in the table sugar. They're just more complex. You have these simple molecules that link together in chains, and that's what you find in the green bean. In the end, though, it, it all gets broken down into the same stuff, which is glucose. It's just how quickly does that occur? In table sugar, it occurs quickly because these are very simple molecules. The body doesn't have to process, process the the, the sucrose molecule much to, to get the, the glucose or get to glucose. Whereas with these more complex chains of, of sugars that are in green beans, for example, it just takes more work. It's a slower burning carbohydrate, so to speak. Um, but if you want to have some simple sugar, some, some sucrose every day or some high fructose corn syrup every day, you certainly can. And if you keep your intake below, let's say 20-ish grams of added sugars per day, I would say the, the current weight of the evidence is if you do that, and in the context of healthy living, we can call it everything else that I just mentioned, you have nothing to worry about, period. Like there, you would never, you could get blood tested every month and have perfect blood where there's not a single biomarker off. There's no indication of any sort of dysfunction whatsoever. And so, yeah, those would be my, probably my three biggest tips for eating well. Man, those are awesome. You literally covered the whole gamut of it. And and what I love too is that it's all about lifestyle to you. There's no secret. There's no little hack that's going to do it. But it's smartly, intuitively eating in a consistent basis and just doing it over time. But, it, but also enjoying it. Like that's the biggest separator I think most people don't think. Like even with NBA athletes, if they think they're going to have to eat healthy and a lot of these guys will be 6% body fat, jumping 40 inches and just eating terrible – 
Like you don't understand, like you can make the diet or make the healthy lifestyle, nutrition lifestyle be something that you enjoy to do. And I think that's a huge point, man. And thank you for touching on some myths. If we had more time, like I would love to just dive into all your debunking of myths because there's there's hot topics out there that get really hot and people think it's it's the new trend and it's the new way and then it's end up spending so much money on things that don't actually do things like CBD, collagen, um, MCT oil, and, and even your point to how dairy gets a bad connotation and how, how veganism is really hot, but you, I mean, you can't perform at a high level if you're just eating only, only vegetables. So, I mean, would love to hear more about from you on those points, and you can check everything out um, that Mike's doing, and you should really, you should really, really check him out. Like, if you want to live a healthy lifestyle and look like an absolute cover model, which he is, go check him out, listen to anything <laughs> he says. I've been eating up all of his podcasts, and like, like I said, I'm going to read the book, and if I don't get there, then you're in big trouble. But anyways, man, I want to go more into the mindset of, of, um, of how you perform. Like you are, You're relentlessly consistent with what you do, and I think that's an amazing, uh, amazing personality trait to have to you. But how did you develop that mindset? As we, as we slowly wind down here to the end, and I'd love to talk to you all day, man. But uh, like, what's what's your motivator? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Is like, man, this is this is why I'm doing this. This is what I mean. I'm just super juiced up to attack this day. You know, Lamborghinis, cocaine, the standard. <laughs> I'm I'm, I, I'm a fitness influencer, duh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, ironically, I say that, and I'm the guy who's never even been drunk. So, awesome. uh, <laughs> no, for for me, I would say. Uh, if from so the, the selfish the selfish answer is I, I genuinely like researching and writing like I actually really do enjoy it out of all the all the things that I that I do these days I still enjoy researching and writing the most and a part of me would want to just sit there and do that and nothing else and not run businesses and and have employees and because I just I just like it I've always liked books and so I just kind of like the I like in the end you know producing a book and being like yeah, I did that. And, and the whole process of it is, is actually fun to me. So, uh, I've, I've always just been drawn to that. And then from there, getting into podcasting was kind of a natural extension of that. I still enjoy researching and writing more. Uh, I don't enjoy podcasting as much, but I still enjoy it. And good at then, it. yeah, I, yeah, I've got, I've gotten, I've gotten decent at it and good enough to, for, I'm, I'm happy with where things are at. I can always get better. Uh, but considering we were talking about this before we started considering how I, by my standards, how little effort I've put into it, I'm happy with how far it has gotten. And then I would say that I also, I've always been the kind of person that I, I like to win. Like I just, I like to work and I like, and I like to win. And so in some ways it doesn't even really matter what I'm doing. If, if I can work hard at it and if I can win at it, I'm going to enjoy it. And on the flip side, I don't like to do things that I, I can't win at. So if I can't get good, like take a, take a, a sport, like I'm not, I'm into, I'm into golf. Right. And I I would not have fun. A couple of the guys uh, in the office who work with me, are, are into basketball and they're pretty good. They've been playing for a while oh, yeah. and I, I've gone out and played with them. Just like if we all, we, we all went on a, like a company retreat together, for example. And 
that was not fun at all for me because I suck at basketball. And, <laughs> and we're definitely just, playing just one-on-one when you come out here. Yeah. Because yeah, I like to exactly. win too, so I, we're not playing golf. We're playing then, basketball. <laughs> well, then we got to play both. Uh, so I, I'll get to win, and then you can you can beat me in basketball. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, and then and then and then outside of that, it's nice to know that I'm actually helping people. And I hear I've heard from so many people over the years. I mean, my my email inbox is it's over 150,000 emails sent and received now, and that's not unread. That's that's sent and received. And I've stayed in touch with so many people. I mean, there are a number of people who still email me now, six years later, seven years later from when I first published that first book. And that's pretty cool. And it's pretty cool to, to get people's real personal firsthand stories. It's, it's nice to be able to, to see that because it's also easy to kind of just sit in my cave and do my work in an, almost in an abstraction and forget that it really is making a difference. And if I didn't really regularly stay in touch with people and, and inevitably that's, that's, that's what would happen. Um, and it, it's nice to make an honest living and know that I'm not lying for a living. I'm not scamming people for a living. I'm putting in the work and I'm doing my best to produce good stuff. And that's books, that's supplements. Um, really those are the main things that I, that I have to sell uh, books, supplements, and, and then some some peripheral stuff like meal plans. We, and we have some pre-made meal plans and we do custom meal plans from people. And I have a coaching service that that does well for people who really want like high touch kind of one-on-one service. Um, but outside of that, it's producing all of the educational stuff that drives all of the interest, which again is, is the most fun part to me um, is, is creating all that. And I would include the books as, as something that obviously people are paying for them, but it's also cool that I just like books and that you can pay $20 for something that, um, take bigger, leaner, stronger, like especially this new third edition, it truly is everything that the average guy who, but by average guy, I mean just a normal dude with normal genetics who wants to get really fit by normal standards. So that means he's probably going to have to gain 25 ish pounds of muscle, maybe 30 and, and get his body fat to around 10%. And, and that's really the, the goal. If he could do that, he would just be really excited. And maybe when he gets there, he might decide he wants to go further, but maybe not. There are many guys that I've heard from over the years uh, who that, that was their goal. They did it and they were very excited and then they just maintained it. And bigger, leaner, stronger gives them everything they need. Like really, you do not need to read another book. You do not need to read an, even an article or listen to a podcast unless you have very specific questions, but it's all inclusive. And, and on the female side of things, I would say that the average woman that I've worked with over the years, the body that she wants is probably about maybe 15 pounds of muscle, uh, maybe 20, uh, 20 might be a little bit high, but 15 in the right areas on her body. So she look with a, with a body fat percentage of about 20%. And that's, that's an athletic look where she still looks feminine, but she has muscle definition and she has curves. And, uh, again, so my, my book for women gives them everything that they need for that. And the, and that's cool that you can do that with a book and for such an, for, for $20. I mean, actually Amazon, I don't even think they're, I don't even think maybe they're like $18 or something. And, yeah, but dude, I just you know, Amazon for like 16. So it's, it's a steal. Yeah. So Amazon's all, you know, Amazon is the primary place where I sell books, even though they're 
they're all over the place these days, but Amazon still is the bulk of sales. And, and yeah, I mean, the Amazon has, has marked, and I don't care because they pay me on the, on the full price, but they've marked the paperbacks down to like $9. <laughs> and so it's, it's just cool though. I mean, imagine being the person where you don't really know, let's say you just see the book, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger has like 3,800 reviews on Amazon and it, it, it's definitely a good marketing package and you go, this looks pretty interesting. $9. Sure. And then you get it and you're like, holy shit, I got this for $9. Like this has, this is like 400 pages and it's the, it really the, the res, it's the, the result of, of shit. I don't know. Thousands of hours of work went into, to, to getting that, getting that book to where it's at right now. And, um, so yeah, so those, those are the, the main things that, that drive me. And I don't, it's not something that I really think about so much cause I'm, we'll probably get there, but I'm, I'm a very kind of routine habit based person. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so I'd say those are my main motivators, man. You're an absolute legend. Seriously. You're, you're humble about <laughs> it. Like literally there's not a, a bone in you that's like just bragging about like you made the joke about the Ferrari or Lamborghinis and stuff, but seriously, you're changing lives. Like just being able to pick up a book and, and I mean, even if the person doesn't get to the 10% body fat and the added 25 pounds, like they've changed their health. That's going to totally. change their whole mindset, their whole outlook on life. I do a lot of speaking of perspective and just being able to shift your perspective. But that right there, man, that just like, it makes your whole life different. And think about that. Those people are going to go tell other people who are going to tell other people. So essentially, man, you could be honestly changing hundreds of millions of lives just by what you do. So Thank you. And keep doing it, please. Yes, sir. Many, many more things to come. Yeah, sure. which we're going to ask you here real soon. So as we wind <laughs> down here, we got to throw you on the rapid fire hot seat, of course. And you can just say whatever answer comes to your mind. And uh, yeah, so let's get it rolling. Your favorite mindset quote. Do you have anything that you live by? Like I'll slap something on my fridge or put it on my ceiling above my bed. Is there anything that you just like a mantra that you love? Um, have you ever heard of this, uh, HL Mencken quote? It's like every, every normal man must be tempted at times to spit on his hands, hoist the black flag and begin slitting throats. Oh, I've never heard that. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm joking though. <laughs> it's a real quote. <laughs> it's a, it's a real, it's a real quote, but no, that's not, that's not my, uh, that's my a, you're definitely attacking the day every day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It. No, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny, funny quote. Dude. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say shit. There's so many because yeah, I've collected. I've I've read quite a few uh, books over the years, and I and I have a whole system I use where I make notes and highlights, and I pull them all out. And so I've collected so many of these things over the years. But uh, something that stands out is I forget who said this. It was a woman. Uh, she didn't think she was a writer, and um, she said that service is the rent we pay for the privilege of living on the earth or this earth. And I like that. I like that concept because I just, I just agree with it. I I agree that the, I would say one of the most important things that we can do as people is figure out how we can help others and how we can be a net positive to society, how we can, we can give more to society than we take. And that's kind of unpopular, uh, even that concept. And it has political overtones, it has cultural overtones, but I don't care. I think it's true. I think that there very much are people who are net positives in society, who are more givers than they are takers. And there are people who are net negatives, who take more 
than they give. And that, of course, would be, I mean, it starts with themselves, uh, but then it extends to their relationships and that extends to the whatever groups they're a part of. And then it ultimately extends to society. But if we can figure out what we can do to actually help others, then that to me is more important than making money, for example. And it's important to have money. Money, if you don't have enough money, then it can become very important. But there's research on this and anybody who has gradually made more and more money has experienced it where there is that point. And I know the research, some people will often cite a study that says, oh, $70,000 a year. That's the the point where you really start to hit diminishing returns. And I say, yeah, but no, that depends on your circumstances. (laughs) It depends on your circumstances. It depends, like, are you just some single 20-year-old living in I don't know, somewhere in Missouri or something, then that actually might be that that might be true. Right where I'm from. Uh, You're right. <laughs> that's funny. Love it. Um, but uh, so, so that might be that might be true. But if you are and let's say you you have um, you work in IT or something, you have your thing and you do it and you make money and that's a good amount of money and more than you need. And yes, that's the point where you kind of hit that diminishing returns. But are you married with two kids living in Manhattan trying to like bootstrap your tech startup? Then no, you're you're that's 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 like poverty (laughs) level. So so for, for that, for 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 those people you know, that number might be $200,000 a year. Shit, it might be more. It's so expensive there. But the point is that money is, is not nearly for me, at least as, as motivating or satisfying as maybe I thought it was going to be when I was younger. And so I've, I've, and maybe I've also intentionally wanted to kind of cultivate that mindset because I didn't want to become one of those people who gets too wrapped up in the trappings of success and forgets to what got them there and forgets that uh, the people that helped them get there. I've, I've just seen that firsthand and I don't like that. Yep. So so that's something. And then I would say another another just mindset that I something I just remind myself of, um, let's see, it's been said a couple ways, but there was a, um, fuck, what's his name? Oh, all of, oh, he was, he was a famous, he was a famous writer and I'm, I can almost think of his name. It's on tip of my tongue. Anyway, he It'll said, yeah. he said, uh, moderation is a fatal thing. Nothing succeeds like, uh, excess. And, that that also makes me think of a, a quote from an old Japanese warlord guide named uh, Lord Now Now Shigi, who basically said that um, winning winning is to basically he's talking about talking about samurais and saying that uh, you just have to become insane and desperate. That no amount of no amount of people can defeat the the the, the samurai who's who's insane and desperate. And those might sound like strange kind of extreme uh, perspectives, but where the truth is, I think is my. I don't believe in that you can have it all. I don't believe that you can have a work life balance and you can have, you can, you can strive greatly and succeed greatly and you can savor everything that life has to offer. It's, it's simply not true. I don't know anybody. I've known a lot. Yeah. I mean, you, you, anybody who's been around 
very successful people enough sees that there's a price that they paid and they may still be paying it. And you know, there's the old, what is it? The four burners thing where it's like your work, your health, your family, and your social life. You can pick three basically. Yep. Yep. And, and if you want to, especially in the beginning, if you want to make something happen, it requires what can feel like excess. It, re it requires so much more work than so many people are willing to do. And it requires doing so many things that most people are not willing to do that you do have to, in that sense, be a little bit, quote unquote, insane and desperate. At least that's what maybe the people around you who might be trying to keep you down to their keep you at their level would even tell you is exactly. that you're too obsessed and you're what about, you know, your work life balance and that you should be you should have more moderation in your life. Why are you working so hard? Why are you spending so much time on that? And it's because they don't get it. Like that's what it takes to to break out of the the gravity well of mediocrity it just it takes a ton of effort and it takes way more effort than most people think and that would apply to sports making it in in sports just yeah. as much as making it in business you know it's funny and i just having spoken with a number of people over the years where okay <clears throat> so the idea that you have to work really hard for a long time to become a professional athlete. I'll have people who will understand that and they'll, and they'll say, yeah, yeah, of course, that makes sense. There are no hacks, there are no shortcuts. You, you gotta put in the work. Hopefully, maybe you had a little bit of a knack for it in the beginning, maybe you didn't, but yes, that makes sense. And then in business though, it, they're, they'll, they'll say they wanna become a multimillionaire. They wanna have a, a seven or even eight figure business, but aren't willing to, let's say, work more than 40 hours a week. And when most people say that they work 40 hours a week, no. Right. They, they were, they, actual work is probably half to one third of that. And the rest of the time is just dicking around. It's maybe they're at work, but they're on social media, they're chatting with people, they're flipping between email and YouTube videos and whatever. It's not actual work, right? And I understand you can only do so much, let's call, let's say, let's take Cal Newport's term, deep work mm -hmm. every day. Like I, yes, there is a point where you can only write so much in a day before the quality just kind of before the, the gears really start grinding but then of course there's other work you can do <laughs> you can there is lighter work that always needs to be done as well and so but what what oftentimes what i've wondered is that do people not realize that that the vast majority of businesses never reach a million dollars a year in sales, let alone $10 million a year, like $10 million a year in sales is going to be a fraction of a percent for sure. I think it's, I think it's like 50% of businesses open fail within their first three or four years. Yep. And I'm going to guess that it's less than 10% ever reach a million dollars a year in sales. If it's more than 10%, I'll be surprised. Um, and so what then you all you'll have is you'll have people who are like, basically what they're saying is they want to be professional level, top tier business people but they somehow think that they're going to get there without working their ass off. They think that there are the 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 silver bullets for that, and there are the the hacks for that. No, there's not. <laughs> and I and I've told people that um, who have wanted to go into business for themselves that like, look, in my opinion, if you can't comfortably work at least fifty hours a week, and that means work. 
and I understand we all have to take breaks now and then that's healthy to do and go pee and eat some food, and whatever. <laughs> but, but I'm talking about like, you know, you're there, you're, you're putting in the time. If you can't comfortably do that for long periods of time indefinitely, basically, and never run into any symptoms related to burnout, then don't do it. Don't, unless you have some revolutionary idea, unless it's like the next super app or something. Okay, fine. Then you win the lottery. But if it's a, normal business that you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to build brick by brick, then don't do it. Just get a job instead. And, um, anyway, so those are, those are, I those are that. some thoughts. And, and one other thing I'll just throw out that's relevant to that is I, I like this quote. I, I, I actually don't know who said it, but it's, it's the idea is that you don't attract what you want. You attract what you are. Great. And that's, that's a whole nother discussion, but I very much believe in that. Man, I'm so, so agree with you. I, I tell everybody balance is BS. Like if you want to achieve something, if you want to achieve something great in your life, you can't just have the, the 80, You have to sacrifice. Grounds. You have to sacrifice. But yeah. it, it can and be. And for me, yeah. I mean, I sacrifice social life. That's it. it. I have too. no social life. Yeah. At all. That's what I did too. Like going up and I mean, running camps and giving talks all over the world and training NBA players. Like that was my, it was my hustle. It was my, I wasn't going out and happy hour in and. And like everybody else was, and but it's it's the sacrifices that you make. I mean, are going to build you for the future. So anybody young listening to this, like you actually have to literally put in the ten years of grinding to become an overnight success. Yep. So man, we could just throw quotes and quotes back. That, and that forth makes together. me think of uh, the John the John Wooden story, where I mean, he worked for you know the famous NCAA. Uh, coach where he worked for like 15 years in obscurity before he won his first championship. And then people were like, where did this guy come from? Oh, <laughs> yeah. over, overnight success. Like <laughs> no, that took 15 years. It took him to really develop the whole system of recruiting and, for and sure, you know, the, the full court press style of play. Like it took that much time for him to get to that point. It's funny you say that my uncle just won the NBA championship with the Raptors and it was his first year of head coaching for the Raptors. And everybody's like, oh, man, struck struck lightning. Yeah, so lucky. Coaching. You're so lucky. Yeah. 26 years of coaching all over the world in the most obscure places you could imagine, the places that don't even like basketball. That's how you get to that point. But but thanks. Yeah, thank you for putting that, making that point, man, because it's, it's absolutely true. And people always want an easy way and, a, and a, just some kind of quick way. So speaking on that, the next rapid-fire question here is – Kind of goes along with that. And as much habit-based as you are, which is in lifestyle-based, which is the way to go for sure, is there anything that you do in your daily routine that you think gives you like a slight edge maybe? Like for me, I always take an ice-cold freezing shower first thing when I wake up in the morning. That's funny. I actually do the same thing. Yes. And not, not because there's any – I don't expect – there to be any health benefits. Yeah, and I actually, like I wrote, I wrote an article about this cause I looked into it, uh, cold, it's cold exposure on the whole, but particularly yeah. showers. And the long story short is if you want the benefits, if you want the true benefits of cold exposure, uh, even a few minutes of, of even icy cold water, uh, on the top of your head or around, you know, maybe you can kind of, you can kind of spin around in a shower a little bit. That's not going to do it. If you really want to reap those benefits, you need to minimally do, proper ice baths. And so that is 
exposure up to your neck, like the research on this exposure up to your neck and the water is it's ice water. So it's like 50 degree water. And I believe it's around eight to 10 minutes, uh, in the, in the, in the ice. So you really do that every day. You can, you can, you, you actually may like boost your immune system a little bit. You may, and that is questionable too, because that was seen in people who are really into, they're into like winter swimming. So they'd be out for hours. I mean, these are people out, it's the dead of winter and they're swimming in, you know, a lake, uh, where they've cut a hole in the ice or they can, they can swim or they could cut a swimming pool out in the ice so they can swim around. And, um, if you're into that, yeah, you, you probably actually will have a stronger immune system and you're going to have less inflammation. But so for those of us who do cold showers, for me, it's two things. It's probably the same for you. One, I just like it cause it wakes me up. I do yep. it before I, before I go to the, the gym, um, I guess by that point I'm kind of awake cause this comes to my other, my other habit, which is I, I wake up and first thing I do is I drink uh, a bit of water because most of us were waking up a little bit dehydrated and then I go into, I have an infrared sauna and I read and then I do the cold shower just as a nice, it also, I've been in the sauna, it feels good. And especially when it, when it gets cold, there's a part of me, even though I've been doing it for a couple of years now, that still kind of doesn't want to do it mm-hmm. where I'm like, I, I don't, I just, I don't want to get into the ice water today and I do it anyway. And a lot of success comes down to doing things that you kind of don't want to do, but you yeah. do it anyway. It, it would be great if we could just go to work every day or go to our lives every day and only do whatever we feel like doing in <laughs> nice, the moment. Man. But the only way that will only produce chaos. Like there are people who live like that and I would not want to trade places with them. And so what that means is we have to be able to, uh, create plans for, for, we have to, we have to be able to envision goals and create plans and also create systems. This is where I, why I'm so, so big on routines and habits. We have to create systems that are likely to produce the outcomes that we want. Nothing is guaranteed. We might get really unlucky, but that's, that's the game of probability. It just, uh, even if you have a, you have a goal, you put together a plan, you build a system that has a 99% chance of, of getting you to that goal within the time frame that you want to get there and you don't get there. Well, you're really unlucky, but that doesn't mean like, you know, for me, that doesn't bother me. I, I've run yeah. into a number of failures over the years, of course, doing all kinds of projects in my work that didn't pan out the way I wanted them to. But when I look back and I go, okay, did I have a, did I really put in the work? Yes. Did I have a plan that was reasonable? Look back on it and go, that's a pretty good plan. I mean, uh, I, I thought, I don't know how, I don't know how I would have done it better. Even looking back, you know, now I might see, oh, well, here's a thing that I could have added to it, but it wasn't just negligence. And did I, did I create a system that was likely to, to bring that plan to fruition and achieve the goal? Yeah, I did. And I stuck to it. Okay. Well, it didn't happen next. What I wouldn't yep. like though, is if those things weren't in the play, it weren't, if I were to look back and I, I set a goal and I didn't get there and it was like, why did I not get there? Oh, because I was lazy. Oh, well, <laughs> that's the dumbest reason to fail. <laughs> like I refuse to See? fail at something because I'm just too lazy to do the work. Like I will never, I just don't, I just don't, that's just not me. So I'm going to, I'm going to work at it 
one way or the other. And I'm going to put in the time to, to, to create the plan that I think is going to, going to work. And that often means doing research. It, it doesn't just mean sitting down and like, Oh, just here, let me, let me think of a couple brilliant ideas real fast. And there we go. Like sometimes that means coming up with a lot of bad ideas and really working through it until there's it really, until I feel like, all right, this is good. Like I do think if I do these things and execute these things, well, it's going to get me there there. And then on, on the routines, okay, how can I build routines and habits that support that. So for me, some basics. These, these are the longest rapid fire. Uh, you've ever <laughs> but dude, had, by the way. dude, I I do really I do really appreciate. It. Like I know, I mean, obviously your time is very valuable. But if you're willing to give us these, these are money, man. Because your insights on more than just health and nutrition and fitness, like your mindset insights are amazing. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate that. Um, and these are really the things that just work for me. So that's, uh, you know, I like, I like talking about it. Also, it's good reminders for, for me of, of what I'm, oh yeah, that's right. These are the things. Okay. I keep doing <laughs> these things. Um, but, but as far as like basic routine, uh, habit type things that I think are, are maybe in a sense you can call them meta habits and that they support all other habits that support the, the, what I'm trying to do support the, the bigger picture would be getting up early because that forces you to go to bed early, which means that you're not going to be wasting a bunch of time watching TV, for example, or playing video games or doing something that's just pointless. And I, I do watch a little bit of TV here and there, not maybe maybe an hour a week. Um, it's just not something that I really want to make time for. I would rather read or just spend time with my wife, like where we can actually interact and not just stare at a screen. Um, but by getting up, by getting up early, then um, that also this kind of ties into being in bed eight hours. And this is something that I'm very good about. Years ago, I was like a superstar sleeper. I would, I would go to bed uh, maybe 1130-ish, maybe 1145. I'd usually be working at night up until, really up until like, okay, I need to brush my teeth now and go to bed. And that wouldn't impair my sleep at all. I would fall asleep in five minutes and I would just be like blackout unconscious. Uh, and I would wake up maybe six and a half hours. I wake up at like 6.30 and be good to go every day for like six years. And I thought maybe was I not getting enough sleep. So I got one of those, I think it was like aura ring or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was getting about two, if I remember correctly, two to two and a half hours of deep sleep a night. And oh just, there were no problems, like no, no indications of sleep deprivation or insufficiency at all. So I was like, okay, this is cool. This is life. This is useful. And, and, and then as I got older and had kids, I just have, I'm a lighter sleeper now and I, I just can't do that. Like I will wake, I, I wake up at least one time a night to go pee and I can fall back asleep, but you know, so I've had to put more priority on making sure that I'm in bed enough and getting enough sleep is the ultimate biohack. I hate the biohacking space. Thank you. It's such a, it's such a <laughs> fucking sham. So, but nice. here's, here's the best biohack out there. Get enough sleep. There, there it you is. Go. Perfect, every, dude. Literally everything is now better. Your life is better in every possible <laughs> way. Um, it, it really, it's true. And you've probably, you've probably come, you probably know about the research. That yeah. There's a study that was done with basketball players that yeah. increasing their, their sleep from, I believe it was an average of eight hours. Uh, I think this was Stanford, eight hours a night to 10 hours a night improved like every aspect of their game. Um, improved their shooting accuracy and improved like how fresh they felt for the game, how much energy they had, uh, how fatigued they felt while they were playing. And so that was intentionally sleeping more than they even would normally 
sleep. And not that we don't know. One thing just to note is when that study was done, those players were like in the full swing of their seasons. So they're putting a lot of demands on their bodies. So it doesn't, I, I don't think that, that you or I, David need to sleep 10 hours a night per se, but, would be nice. um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Actually, I, I, I probably couldn't. I, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I couldn't either. physically I do it. I, I can sleep about seven, seven and a half hours, Same. and I'm really just awake. Like, that's it. I'm done. Um, but getting in bed on, on time, and that that's a big part. Eating well, um, that's another habit of mine that is just ingrained, and I've already described what that looks like. And moving some every day. So I don't lift weights every day, but I do some bit of movement every day, some sort of exercise, uh, whether it's – uh, I mean, I lift weights five days a week, and then I usually will do some cardio on the weekends. I like to go on my upright bike. That's if I'm watching TV, it'll be then. When I'm on the upright bike, I'll get my tablet and watch something. And um, and then, or, and I play some golf too, so that's also some movement, but doing some sort of movement every day and without without make going overboard and getting in the way of recovery. And, uh, let's see, I also, I read every day and that is something I've been doing for years and I've been able to get it through, get through a lot of books and learn a lot of things. And that has positively impacted every aspect of my life. Taking time to learn new things every day is hugely important to me so much so that I, that's why I do it first thing in the morning. Cause I want to make sure that I get that done. I want to make sure that I get my workout in before I start my day. Yep. Because you know how it goes. Things yep. can get what you what you can you can show up to work one day and you think, all right, here are my high priority things. These are the things that I need to get done. Okay, great, get working on them. And then you just have random shit catch on fire, and now you have to go over and put out that fire, and then get back to. And then by the time you're done with the things you need to get done for the day, it's eight p.m. and you're like, cool. Uh, <laughs> if you if you if you have you know what I mean, if you haven't done your workout yet, sure. sure you. I mean, for me, I don't. Again, I go to bed at like 10, so they would just, and I have two kids. I, I just have to go home. You know what I mean? There's just no more time left. Um, and Man. yeah, and then I also, I also take about 30 minutes at night to relax before I go to bed. And I found that has helped with just keeping my sleep consistent where uh, I can't, whereas when I was younger, I could do very mentally stimulating things really right up to the point of going to bed, going to bed and I'd be fine. If I do that now, I will fall asleep fine, but I'll wake up probably like six times in the middle of the night. So having, having a little pre-bed routine that gets me sleepy, that's, that has been also something that, um, it just, for me to have consistently good sleep, it seems like at this point in my life, I need to do it. So I do. Mike, man, I got two books for you. You need to write how to live the ultimate lifestyle because (laughs) you are absolutely living and breathing it in every sense. So you need to write that one. I'll take 10% of that one. And also <laughs> biohacking BS. Just just attack that, man. Because it's well, – Well, now there's a trend. There are these fuck books, you know, like unfuck oh, yourself. Oh, yeah. That, so it could yeah. just be, be fuck biohacking. That's the... <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it, it, it would be a it would be a bestseller just for that. No one – I mean you wouldn't even have to read the content and it would be a bestseller because of that. I actually – honestly, because I've – just wrote a book and I was all into, you got to pick out the cover and you got to figure out what the color scheme is and stuff, what people pick up. And there was a point, I think it was like two months ago that there was like six out of the 10 best sellers had some form of swear word in it. Like that's how crazy it is. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a trend right now. Man, Crazy. All right. Before we let you off this rapid fire, 
Not so rapid fire, but rapid fire uh, hot seat. Uh, <laughs> this will be actually rapid fire. <laughs> Might not. Uh, how can we all follow you? How can we all like basically live the lifestyle you're living? Because you're, I mean, you're an inspiration to me. I've been around this and been around a lot of really smart people in this in this field and nutrition and training and through all that I've seen and, and just seeing the lifestyle that you live, man. Being like I've told you, been stalking you on your Instagram videos and your podcast. Like you live and breathe it. How can we all follow what you're doing and what is coming up next? For Mike Matthews. Thanks. Thanks, man. I, again, I appreciate the, the kind words. Um, the easiest way to find me is just legionathletics.com, L-E-G-I-O-N athletics. I'm also on Instagram, Muscle for Life Fitness. I'm on whatever the other social media networks too, but I'm most active on Instagram and I'm not that active really just because of the time. I, I wouldn't mind putting more time into it if I had the time well, to give to it that wouldn't take away from yeah. like writing books and doing things that I think my, my followers appreciate that they know, well, the reason I'm not on Instagram is because I'm writing the next book, which you guys, you guys and gals, you probably want me to do that instead of, <laughs> you know, being, having prettier pictures on Instagram or something. Right. And they'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah sure. Yeah, fuck Instagram. Who cares? Keep doing what you're doing. Um, but, but, but yeah, so Legion athletics is where you can find a bunch of articles I've written. That's also my sports nutrition, my supplement company. So you'll find that you'll find my books, you'll find my podcasts. And as far as, um, new things on the way that I'm excited about. So I have, I'm working on a new updated second edition of a book called Beyond Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. And this oh, is nice. the sequel to Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, which I'm excited about because the first edition is good, but it's good for, for when I wrote it and I'm happy with what I did at that time, but I can do a, I can just do it so much better now. And I really know exactly what that book needs to be having now interacted with so many people. It's been kind of a cool process where I've now had so many people read bigger, leaner, stronger. It's been out for six or seven years and, and do the program and get through that newbie phase and get into the intermediate phase where I've then gotten really the perfect feedback that I need. And, and also in my own just continued education education moved ahead in, in terms of understanding, okay, what, what is the 20% now that the intermediate weightlifter needs to know to get the remaining 80% of what's available to them genetically. And so I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited for that book. And I'm, I'm coming to the end of the first draft of the manuscript. I do think I'll be able to finish the first draft this year. And so that means a next year publication, I think probably the summer I have a workout app called stacked, uh, S T A C K E D. And this was kind of a, uh, I don't know, it was one of those on a, on a whim type projects that in the end I could have probably done without it did cost a lot more money and time than I <laughs> anticipated or wanted it to, but it's, uh, it's out there and people like it and they're using it. And I'm actually about to roll out uh, a complete kind of stem to uh, stern overhaul. Is it is it stern, stem to stern, stern to stem, stem to stern? Yeah, well, complete over, <laughs> complete, complete overhaul. Everything, everything is changing for, for the better. The UI, the UX, um, adding features that people wanted, taking some stuff out that people I thought was kind of cool, but people didn't really use. And it's going to be 100% free. So currently it's basically wow. free. It's like free and you pay $5 once if you like it. And then you get everything. Um, I'm like, eh, who cares? I don't care about charging people $5. I'd rather just make it 100% free and continue That's to awesome. develop it. So I'd say it's currently this new second, I'm calling it stack 2.0 is I would say on par with any of the paid apps out there. Uh, it's missing some of the more advanced features, but we'll get there. Uh, but it's free and it's always going to be free. And so I'm excited about that Amazing. and that, yeah, that that's going to be cool. And 
Um, I, I, I may be doing my first traditional book deal. I've, I've actually, I mean, I've turned down a number of offers in the past because the timing wasn't right. And I felt like the deal wasn't, the deals weren't right, but I, I mean, I'll we'll see. I, I think we're going to, I think we're going to get it done. It's looking pretty good. And so I'll be announcing that in the next probably couple months, but I'm excited for that because it's going to be a good book, good topic. Obviously it's going to be in my wheelhouse, but it's going to be for very specific to meet a very specific need. And I think it'll have a big mainstream potential. And with that can come with a lot of publicity and just to help get the word out there, you know, it opens doors, even though I've sold a million and a half books as a self-published author, you still, that doesn't open doors that having a big book deal from a big publisher does. Uh, it's just, it just is what it is. So, uh, those, are those are some of the things. Oh, one last thing, just for anybody who follows Legion and cares, we're doing a whole rebrand redesign, which is going really well. So the entire look and feel of Legion is going to change. The logo is going to change. We're retaining the blue that we use. Uh, it's going to be integrated in the new look, but the products are going to change a lot. These new designs are way better, period. They're more in line with current design trends they're more gender neutral. They don't look, uh, our current stuff looks too masculine, too bodybuilder-ish, in some cases too cheesy. And this, this new, this new design is just really clean and it's going to appeal to women, which is important because I have a lot of women who follow me and I've heard from many who see my stuff. And the first thing they think is that's not for me. And I understand. <laughs> I understand. I understand. And, um, so anyways, those are some things coming that I'm excited about. Dude, when the book comes out, when you have that deal, come back on. We'll promote it for sure, man. That's awesome. I, yeah, I know what you mean by having those big deals with the book, book companies. I'm trying to get to that point. So props to you, man. You definitely deserve it. You're an absolute, absolute wealth of knowledge, man. And you forgot to say, the one thing you did forget to say is that you're coming out to L.A. soon to get dominated in one-on-one. So that's the only other thing coming up for Mike. You guys can look out for that. We'll be on the courts of Venice down by the beach if you guys want to come see that. That, that'll be on that'll be on your stories and on mine we'll go to top golf yeah Ooh, they don't have top golf out here in la it's crazy really i know it's bogus i love it okay last final question what does a one on the one percenter podcast what does a one percenter mean to you what is a one percenter that's like i feel like that's almost like a loaded question it's now because so like oh oh what like obscene wealth um satanic pedophile orgies yeah. with uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no. Maybe I should uh, lose that title. Then. People <laughs> think that. Oh, funny. Uh, I like the meme going around Ep- Epstein, Epstein, however you pronounce it, didn't yeah. kill himself. Um, uh, no, I mean, for, for me, I don't know. I guess it kind of just comes back to the stuff that I've, that I've been talking about. A lot of it comes down to just doing the things that most people aren't willing to do. I don't think it is mostly a matter of like genetic endowment or luck. Sure. Some people are smarter than others. And that, that, that's, that's a, that's an advantage up to a point until it's, until it just doesn't matter anymore. Like if we're talking about IQ, yeah. If you have somebody who has 130 IQ versus a 90 IQ as life is kind of like an IQ test, it's uh, everything is kind of a puzzle. You got to figure out there's going to be an advantage there, but 115 versus 130, no way. 100, even 110, no way. So like most people are smart enough to make it happen. And a lot of it comes down to, again, just doing the things that most people want, don't want to do and doing them consistently. 
and paying attention to the little details that people, many people, most people don't pay attention to and taking the time to develop real standards as to what is good and knowing when you're getting into something, as long as you, even if what, even if you suck in the beginning and what you produce is garbage, which is going to be the case for me, for you, for anybody, we take up something new, like I'm learning German. Uh, I'm getting, I'm getting better in the beginning though. Yeah, it was terrible. I couldn't even pronounce the the, the letters and the little phonemes correctly, let alone longer words and putting sentences together. And so you can always expect, right? Hemingway said the first draft is always shit or whatever, right? So that's true. <laughs> the first draft of anything is shit. But if you know what's good, at least if you know you have standards and you go, yes, what I just produced is terrible, but that's okay because I'm going to keep working at it and I'm going to work toward this good. And then you just keep doing that work and keep doing the the specific things, the specific things that people do not want to do. In fact, I've, yeah. I've written, I've spoken about this. So that's what I often, when I'm getting into a new activity, that's one of the things I kind of look around for. Like, what's the hard work? What's the unpalatable, the unsexy stuff that nobody really wants to do? Like, where do, where do people generally kind of gravitate and what things do they gravitate toward? And What's the opposite of that? What are they not? What, what are they running away from? I'm going to so go good. in that direction. That's so and, good. and and that, that might just sound kind of cutesy and philosophical, but I really actually think there's practical value in that because that has op- made it clear to me in certain activities like, oh, OK, so I really actually should be getting good at this stuff over here because that's the hard stuff. That's the stuff that people don't want to, to, to do. Take writing, for example. Many writers, all they want to do is write. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to know anything about marketing. They don't like marketing. They don't <laughs> like business. And and ironically, not only do they, they just want to write, they don't even want to learn about writing. Like It's actually strange the number of <laughs> so writers right. I've spoken to who have not even read a fucking book on how to write well. I'm like, what does that even mean? So, so, uh, the, the, as a writer, when I was getting into it. I was like, okay, so I actually like marketing and I, I like business yeah. development to some degree. And, and I like studying and I like grinding and figuring shit out and having to, you know, so I was like, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to read a lot on how to write. I'm going to read a lot period to get a better writer. I'm going to really try to do a good job on the marketing. I'm going to really dive into the business side of things. And, and I, those are probably some of the big reasons why I've had success as a writer. So, uh, I, I said I would keep it short, but I didn't as usual. So there we no, go. I love That's, it. Uh, <laughs> Dude, your mindset is so similar to mine. Like it's, so you're just way cooler. Like the way you do things is just way cooler. But your mindset, we're very, very similar, man. I love it. Dude, thank you so uh, much for your time coming on this podcast. Like, honestly, I could talk to you for days and hopefully we'll do this again. Like so, so many things that you are just super high level at. Like, I don't even know how you do so many. You should write a book on that. How I do so many things. Like, literally, you're talking all this. You have <laughs> the two most kids. Pretentious, the most pretentious <laughs> book ever written. I'll write it for you. Since you're too humble to, I'll write it for you. So you okay. have two kids. See, biography is cool. Autobiography is, no, that's, that's, that's too far. Right, right, right. It, yeah, well, I mean, to that point, somehow you're just, you're picking up German. What the heck? Yeah, in that spare free time that you have, it's just... Let's read some German. Learn some German. But man, you're an inspiration. I have a, I have a, I have a little system. I have a, See, and, it, it. and it's and it's working. <laughs> there, write a book on your systems. There, I'm giving you four book ideas. What more can I do for you? No, man. <laughs> Again, this is the part of me that actually would like to just sit and write books all yeah. day and be like, do I really have to have businesses and stuff? Sure. Can I just write books instead? Well, I appreciate you big time, man. Thank you for all you do, and thank you for coming on this podcast. 
Thank you so much for listening to the 1% Podcast. Seriously, it means a ton to me. Time is the most valuable asset we have, and you are spending it with me. Thank you. And thank you for being the light you are to so many people in your life. Remember, no matter where you are or what you do, you have the chance to change someone's life daily. A smile, just listening to someone, even the smallest of small things, can change someone's entire perspective on life. Impacting one person's life can impact millions. And if you have a quick 30 seconds after this podcast and could leave a review, that would be amazing. That helps me to be able to continue to bring on great guests to this podcast. But if you don't have the time either, no biggie. Tell a friend, tell a family member, share this with someone you think could benefit from listening. And if you want, post what you learned from this episode up on Instagram. Tag me at davidnurse 5 Because each month, I'm going to pick a winner from the people who leave reviews and tags on Instagram. I'm sending them super swag 1%er gear. And I'm also going to be sending out my first book, Pivot and Go, coming super, super soon. But it is on pre-sale today, right now. You can go get yourself a pre-sale. Be one of the first with a discounted price. Check it out at davidnurse.com. Or go to Amazon where you can search all books all over the place and you can order it there. It's on pre-sale today. Remember, the best gifts are gifts that can change someone's life. Thank you so much for being who you are. Feel more than free to reach out to me on Instagram at any time I answer everyone back. I am always here for you. Have a great week. And remember, pour into yourself 1% daily so you can pour into others 1% every single day.